Hi there, and welcome to the podcast, A Light Into My Path. Uh, I am your host, Howard Sides, and we kind of had to uh, <laughs> stop our last podcast. Uh, ran out of time, basically. So we're just going to pick up where we left off, uh, basically in the middle of a verse, uh, Revelation 18 and verse 8. And we're uh, discussing this punishment, uh, the, the title of of the section that we're in right now is the retribution uh, for the fall. Uh, verse 6 talked about the character of the retribution. Now we're talking about the cause of her destruction. And that's in verses 7 and verse 8. In verse 8, we're talking about that now. Uh, so let's read verse 8 just to get our minds wrapped around where we're at. Uh, Revelation 18 and verse 8. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine. And she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. And we're up to that phrase, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. Okay, so we have seen in the study of verse 2 that the natural foundation where ancient Babylon stood is made of that element called bitumen, B-I-T-U-M-E-N, which is naturally flammable. Now, also to note, if this perhaps means to be the area around Rome, uh, this would fit just as well. Uh, James Burton Kaufman quotes a couple of authorities on this issue. And it's a little bit long, but uh, it's information you need, so I'm going to use it. All right, so I quote, uh, The region is adapted to this. It is not, a, uh, it is not Etna, the Lipari volcanic islands, or Vesuvius, that alone offer visible indications of the physical adaptedness of Italy for such a catastrophe. The great Apennine mountain chain is mainly volcanic in its character, and the country of Rome, more especially, is, a strikingly, is as strikingly so almost as that of Sodom itself. Thus the mineralogist... <laughs> Or me read this. Thus, the mineralogist Ferber, in his tour in Italy, says, The road from Rome to Ostia is all volcanic ashes until within two miles of Ostia. From Rome to Tivoli, I went on fields and hills of volcanic ashes, or tufa, a volcanic hill in an amphitheatrical form, includes a part of the plain over Albano and a flat country of volcanic ashes and hills to Rome. The ground about Rome is generally of that nature. And he quoted those from pages 189, 191, 200, and 234. Now he's continuing on. He says, Mr. Gibbon, with his usual accuracy, as if commenting on the apocalypse, has referred to the physical adaptedness of the soil of Rome for such an overthrow. Speaking of the anticipation of the end of the world among the early Christians, he says, In the opinion of a general conflagration, the faith of the Christian very happily coincided with the tradition of the East, the philosophy of the Stoics, and the analogy of nature, and even the country, which, from a religious motives, had been chosen for the origin and principal scene of the conflagration, was the best adapted for that purpose by natural and physical causes. By its deep caverns, beds of sulfur, 
and numerous volcanoes, of which those of Etna, of Vesuvius, and of Lipari exhibit a very imperfect representation. Uh, that's out of volume 1, page 263 in chapter 15. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I was having to read the Roman numerals that, numeral there. Uh, I mean, I'm still in the quote now. He goes on. Uh, as to the general state of Italy, in reference to volcanoes, the reader may consult with advantage Lyell's Geology, Book 2, uh, Chapter 912. See also Murray's Encyclopedia of Geography, Book 2, Chapter 2. Of the country around Rome, it is said in that work, among other things, the country around Rome and also the hills on which it is built is composed of tertiary morals, M-A-R-L-S, clays and sandstones, and intermixed with a preponderating quantity of granular and lithoidal volcanic tufas. The many lakes around Rome are formed by craters of ancient volcanoes. On the road to Rome is the Lake of Vico, or Vico, V-I-C-O, Vico, formerly the Lacus Semini, which has all the appearance of a crater. End quote. Now, Kaufman also adds an observation from a tourist's handbook entitled Townsend's Tour in Italy in 1850. And I'll quote that. I beheld everywhere in Rome, near Rome, and through the whole region from Rome to Naples, most astounding proof, not merely of the possibility, but the probability that the whole region of central Italy will one day be destroyed by such a catastrophe, by earthquakes or volcanoes. The soil of Rome is tufa, which is a volcanic subterranean action going on. At Naples, the boiling sulfur is to be seen bubbling near the surface of the earth. When I drew a stick along the ground, the sulfurous smoke followed the indentation and it would never surprise me to hear of the utter destruction of the southern peninsula of Italy. The entire country and district is volcanic. It is saturated with beds of sulfur and the substrata of destruction. It seems as certainly prepared for the flames as the wood and coal on the hearth are prepared for the taper which shall kindle the fire to consume them. The divine hand alone seems to me to hold the element of fire in check by a miracle as great as what protected the cities of the plain until the righteous lot had made his escape to the mountains. End quote. I can't help reading that without thinking of uh, the old Jonathan Edwards message, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And he talks about the only thing that keeps us out of destruction is that God is basically holding his hand under us and holding us up. If he'd moved his hand, we would fall for certain into destruction. And that's exactly what he, this guy Townsend said at the end of that book there. He said the divine, and I quote it again, the divine hand alone seems to me to hold the element of fire in check by a miracle as great as what protected the cities of the plain until the righteous lot had made his escape to the mountains. And he's for sure accurate about that. All right, so let's go on. 
All right, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Now, strong here is the Greek word iskos, I-S-C-H-U-S, which means force, forcefulness, ability, might, strength, and power. That is, that God has ample power to bring all these calamities upon her. Uh, the phrase, for strong is, that's a present tense word, is. It doesn't say for strong was, or which would be past tense, or for strong will be, which is future tense. It says for strong is. That tells us that he is just as powerful today as he was with Moses, and he'll be just as powerful in the future as he is today and as he was with Moses. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. He doesn't change. Look back at what Deuteronomy 32, 35 through 39 says. Chapter 32, verses 35 through 39. To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time. Now, I just mentioned Jonathan Edwards' message. It was on this passage of scripture right here. Their foot shall slide in due time. For the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. For the Lord shall judge his people and repent himself for his servants when he seeth that their power is gone and there is none shut up or left. And he shall say, Where are their gods, their rock in whom they trusted, which did eat the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink offerings? Let them rise up and help you and be your protection. See now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God with me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. What a passage of scripture that is. And it, and it makes you ask the questions. Hey, can you flood the entire earth? Can you crack open the earth and swallow up five cities along with thousands of people? Can you break down the massive protective walls of a city with a mere blast of a trumpet? Can you roll back the waters of an ocean and then allow millions of people to walk through on a dry path? Can you bring fire down from heaven and then lap up water and even rocks? God can. God did. And God will. That's it. Uh, that next phrase there, who judgeth her? Who judgeth her? Now, John Gill adds in his commentary, and I quote, the Alexandrian, Syrian, and Arabic versions reads, that has judged, which means God has already purposed and determined her destruction, and therefore it is unavoidable. He that has resolved upon it and foretold it and has condemned her to it is the Lord God Almighty, and he is able to execute the sentence determined and pronounced, and it is impossible she should escape. End quote. James Strauss, in his commentary, he says, and I quote, She did not consider the greatest of her enemies, the holy and righteous God. She thought no one could call her to give an account, but the Almighty is the one who judged her, and she was unprepared for that summons. And I'm telling you now, 
and I can say it until my face is red or blue, whatever it may be, and you can hear it until your hearing goes out. That's exactly what's wrong today. She was unprepared for that summons. There are so many people walking around on the face of this earth today that are so unprepared for the summons that's going to be issued forth to them in the coming days. They're just not ready. They think they are. Maybe they just don't even know. But I'm telling you, it's scary when the ones that think they are are going to stand before him and he's going to say those words, I never knew you. And listen, you think, well, that's just people that's convinced themselves. Listen, they're going to stand there and tell him, Lord, did we not cast out demons in thy name? Cast out demons in thy name and perform miracles in thy name. Casting out demons. Well, surely that's a sign of somebody that's doing it right. <laughs> right? Uh, somebody that does a miracle. Surely that's the divine hand upon them doing that, right? By our minds, right. But what does God respond to them and says, I never knew you. I never knew you. It doesn't mean at one time he did know them and then they'd done something wrong and he just forgot about them. He never knew them. So don't put a lot of faith in what you see because we can be deceived easily. Satan is called the master deceiver. That means nobody's better at it than he is. And do you really, really think that you're smarter than he is? No, I doubt it. I very seriously doubt it. Like I said, and just like we read there in Deuteronomy, um, neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. That's our only salvation today. The only thing saving us is that he's got us in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hands. You remember the little kid song we used to sing in camp and VBS? Vacation Bible School, by the way. He's got the whole world in his hands. Man, there is more biblical and doctrinal truth in that than many people believe today as adults. Deuteronomy proves it right there. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. He's got us in his hands. The only thing that's saving us is that he has got us in his hands. You can't take us out of his hands. You can't rip us out of his hands, and neither can you put yourself in his hands. You know why? Because you're already there, whether you're saved or not. And that's what that passage is about. Hey, their foot's going to slide in due time, but right now, the only thing saving them is God's got his hand under them, holding them up. They've already tripped. They don't have a leg to stand on. Basically, they're sitting in his hand, and until he tips his hand, that's when they fall. That's when they fall. Okay? Uh, this is a short podcast, but it's just kind of ending. I, I ran out of time on the last one, so we're just ending the thought here of the cause of her destruction. So uh, we're going to cut you loose on that one and pick up the next thought, which is uh, the, the big one, verse 9 through 20, uh, the reaction to the fall. And then there's a couple of uh, uh, points in that, which we'll get to in the next podcast, okay? All right, thank you for listening. Uh, once again, I'll tell you, uh, pray for, or ask you to pray for me, pray for each other, pray for your local church, and pray for our country. Uh, even so, Lord, come quickly. I have to say that. Come quickly, Lord. I mean, 
it's got to be over soon. It's just got to be. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. Have a great day and God bless you.